The Forum at 8 on SAFM. 10 minutes after 8 on the Forum at 8. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, why is it that virtually every year we have young men who die or are mutilated during initiation season. Now, this we are told uh, is that initiation is regarded as a wonderful opportunity to disseminate specific messages at a crucial point in the life of a young adolescent boy. But while many come out suffering from things like dehydration, pneumonia, um, gangrene and others, you know, some people are quite desperate. I remember last year when we were talking about initiation and um, we were speaking to uh, Minister Aaron Mutswaledi and as soon as there was talk about, you know, um, uh, uh, potential transplants, the lines went absolutely berserk. And we took a call from someone who actually asked, you know, where is this available? When can we go? And all of that. And the sad reality is that in some instances, there is uh, perhaps no help, as the minister was explaining. But of course, clearly, it shows that it's not just about all the other things that we talk about around circumcision, uh, because year after year, as we know, the death toll climbs. But apart from the deaths, there's also the issue of botched circumcisions. And where does that leave these young men? And so we're asking this morning, what can South Africa do about the problem around um, the illegal initiation schools, the current practice of uh, uh, traditional circumcision and how it has been carried out at the moment. Do tell us what your views are. 0891104208. We're joined this morning by Deputy Minister of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs, Mr. Obed Bapela. Thanks for coming through this morning. Uh, thank you very much uh, to the listeners of SFM. Uh, joining us uh, from our Seapoint studios in Cape Town is Dr. Amir Zarabi, who is a urologist at the Faculty of Medicine and Health Sciences at uh, the University of Stellenbosch. Thanks for your time as well. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, joining us on the line, uh, Nkosi Kolilendevu, who is the General Secretary of the Congress of uh, Traditional Leaders of South Africa, Contralesa. Thanks for your time uh, once again, Nkosi Ndevu. Uh, thank you very much for your line. Um, let me start with you, um, Deputy Minister. Yesterday, uh, you went out uh, here in Gauteng um, in an effort to close down illegal initiation schools. And one of the concerns is that there has been a proliferation of illegal initiation schools who actually are guilty of the most horrendous practices in trying to lure and in some instances kidnap young men to these schools. It is true, it's so shocking that uh, you see adults who just defy logic, defy the law, defy everybody and operate these illegal schools. And, uh, and they kidnap these young kids into those particular schools, and horrendous things do happen. When we went to Soweto, we, we, we discovered that some boys as young as 10 were found in that particular initial initiation school, and uh, some were beaten and assaulted and burned with hot porridge, uh, soft porridge, I think, that was cooked, and then it was thrown on the body of the children. And then also one was kicked on the chest. We kept bending and we kept asking, are you having pneumonia or something? And then only to find that when they were kicking him, he had a fractured uh, bones on the chest. And that is why he could not stand up 
straight. So those are the things that you, you hear and you see, we observe, that are very, very horrendous, uh, simply because of those men who just defy everybody and then just continuously open these illegal schools. And obviously, botched operations will arise out of that because uh, we fundraisers uh, also on the scene. And, uh, and then I think they, they could have not even been taken care of that one razor for one person. They could be doing a lot of... Two razors were there and there were 25 boys in that particular uh, area. So what happened? We do not know. Some of the boys ran away. We could not catch them. And then a few of them were, ke- were kept and then we, we took them to hospital. Uh, and um, as far as apprehending the suspects, uh, were you able to, uh, do you have any leads at this point as to who these people are? We are following up with those children that we, we found uh, who are trying to give us leads and we also are engaging with their parents to, to also open cases of kidnap because unless a parent reports the case as kidnap, uh, it will not stand in, 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 in the arresting of the individuals. So, but there's cooperation, fortunately, from the three of the parents uh, of the children that we found. We hope, therefore, that we'll be able to, to, to find the leads. And one of them, who was a teacher uh, in the initiation school, was arrested, is supposed to be appearing yesterday in the, in the, in the Orange Farm Magistrate Courts. Well, sad as it is, you know, it's a lot easier to keep track of the death toll when it comes to uh, issues surrounding circumcision. But when it comes to botched circumcisions in Kosindevu, do we know, you know, what the extent of this problem is? Uh, thank you very much uh, for that question. Uh, let me uh, greet my deputy minister there and uh, doctor in Cape Town. Thank you. But, uh, you know, you know what? What is actually taking place here is that you have you find a kind of people who actually undermine the laws of this country, because those people that are doing those things, they are actually the criminals themselves. Because if you talk about a proper initiation, it's a very very precious you know ritual, which we we pride ourselves in. But if there are people who are criminals by nature, who actually commit these criminal elements, you know, deliberately. Because there is no way that, you know, an elderly person like myself who can adapt a young boy of 10 years old and say, yeah, I'm going to make a man out of this young boy. There's no such. But it is happening, unfortunately. And, you know, even as government is trying to tighten the screws, it would seem as though some people would still take their chances. And, um, you know, just looking at the issue of botched circumcisions, um, you haven't actually answered my question as to the extent of that problem. You know, know, this is actually caused by criminals. You know, we can't say this is caused by the the fact that the boy has gone to any an initiation school. That is actually caused by criminals. Because if, if, if it is not being criminalized, it is going to be following up a proper steps where a boy will have to be 18 years old and a family will have an agreement that this boy has to go to the initiation school. That's a proper way of doing initiation. So anything besides that one is a criminal offense. Nkose Ndevo, I do understand that, and, and, and I think most uh, of, of the people listening would even agree with you. But what is the extent of botched circumcisions? You know, how uh, do you have any idea of the magnitude of this problem? 
It is a huge problem, of course. It is a huge problem. Because it is caused by those people who have a tendency of criminalizing the whole, you know, uh, ritual. But, you know, it is something that we need to guard against. But though, you know, you have a difficult situation where you just cannot stop it up until we strengthen our law enforcement agencies to make sure that these people that are committing these crimes are actually uh, brought into book. So it, you, is, it is a huge problem, of course. Are you therefore suggesting that botched circumcisions only happen at illegal schools? Uh, in most of the cases, because, you know, sometimes you have situations where there is a lack of an aftercare. Because after the boy has been circumcised, there must be a proper care that is taken that is taken up. Like the boys, when they are there, they have to be given water. They have to be properly managed. They have to be properly taken care of by experienced traditional nurses. But if that is lacking, then that becomes a problem. Well, that is where you see these uh, huge boys circumcision. Um, uh, Deputy Minister, do you have any ideas, government, of just uh, the, the the magnitude of the problem regarding botched circumcisions, where people actually go and come back minus their manhood or damaged manhood? Yes, we we do have the statistics. We were given those statistics by the Minister of Health, Dr. Aaron Mutualedi. He says for the past fifteen years, we, we there could be around eight hundred. Those are the reported incidences where these boys have lost their manhood, and they only realize it once they're at university. So he says he then went to universities just to coach them really and and cajole them really to talk. Mm. And and when other young boys now starting dating, and they then realize that uh, there's something wrong with them. And And a lot of them are committing suicide, unfortunately, because they then realize that there will never be men uh, in their lives. And and and, and hence, uh, these suicides uh, increasing on that particular side. And it's something that society is not aware of. It's quiet. But I'm glad that I was able to share a discussion with the Minister of Health and who really said this is becoming a problem. Dr. Amir Zarabi, you know, um, sure, you have, uh, you know, uh, basically done a very uh, historic uh, surgery at the University of Stellenbosch. But before we get to that, what sort of wounds, what sort of problems uh, have you dealt with of, uh, where people have presented from uh, their traditional circumcision rituals? Uh, Sakina, we see a whole array of uh, wounds and complications related to the ritual circumcision. And interestingly enough, it's not only um, r- uh, related to the genitals, but uh, often these boys are abused uh, generally and they come in in a very bad condition. So on the genitals, we see anything from loss of skin to loss of parts of the penis uh, or the whole penis. Um, what often happens is these boys are beaten with sticks and uh, they, they get um, muscle breakdown and this overwhelms their kidneys and they get kidney failure which further um, compromises their situation. Um, When there is damage to the penis, the the bladder pipe also gets damaged, and often these boys have trouble urinating, um, and this can also lead to renal failure. So we often see very, very sick boys coming in 
where the genital injury is just part of a very big problem. And, uh, you know, uh, at what point are you not able to do anything for them? You know, we try to be as conservative as possible and give everything the best chance um, it can have to heal. Uh, We support with antibiotics. We um, do some surgery to just take off the dead tissue, and then we basically wait for the body to, um, to heal on its own. And this will show us um, what the patient is going to be left with. Um, Often it's necessary to take these um, boys to the operating room um, multiple times in order to um, take away some of the dead tissue. We won't just cut off anything um, without being very sure that the tissue is uh, not viable anymore. And I guess, you know, as I was relating earlier, you know, um, the minute there was talk last year about uh, possible uh, reconstructive surgery of sorts, the lines went absolutely crazy. And, and, and I think, you know, listening to the figures, the reported figures that the deputy minister has just mentioned, uh, one can understand why. Uh, but uh, talk to us about this groundbreaking surgery that has been uh, concluded. Yes, um, as you know, uh, I'm only a part of that big team that, that did this, this penis transplantation under um, the leadership of Professor Andre van der Merwe at Stellenbosch University. And um, it was really after many years, about three or four years of um, intense research and um, studies. Um, I think in South Africa we have the unique situation where there is a large um, portion of patients who's sitting with a problem of uh, penile loss and in other parts of the world there isn't really this this big problem and I think that's what drove um, our team to to doing research into this and then performing um, this transplant um, so our focus is mainly on on these young men who have lost the um, the genitals in the ritual circumcision procedures and I think, I mean, we are still at a very early a very early stage of this whole project, but certainly it is looking very promising as the, the first transplant is doing so well. And hopefully in a few years' time, we will be able to help more boys in his position. And, don't you think that there should be greater awareness around <coughs> some of uh, not just the complications, but the real danger that exists? Listening to um, what Dr. Zarabi has just said, don't you think that if young men knew that one of the possible outcomes would be that they could lose their uh, manhood, that, you know, they would be more inclined to seek out um, the correct procedures, the correct schools that are registered with the Department of Health instead of going to, you know, some of these uh, fly-by-night or illegitimate schools. Yeah, Sakina, I think there is a need for that. Uh, though, you know, Sakina, we are faced with young boys here who are so brave who can't even take your, your advice and suggestions. You've got these little young boys who are so strong, you know. Who, you know, these young boys, as much as you try very hard, you know, to to educate them, to make sure that you save them. But yeah, the way they run to these uh, fly-by-night, uh, you know, traditional surgeons, you can't believe. So there is much that we, that we, that we need to do, but... There are some efforts that are being that are being done, especially in the area of the pondering. But that does it may these young boys 
are very strong enough to run by themselves to these uh, fly-by-night uh, schools. It's mm. very difficult for, 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 for anyone to actually, uh, you know, stop them. Uh, but I think there is a, a huge need for more education. You need to go to the schools and educate them at a the level of a school and uh, everywhere else where there are people. We need to talk about this. But yeah, even if you do that, these young boys, they're very brave enough to run uh, by themselves to these, uh, boys, uh, sorry, to these uh, uh, illegal schools. Well, I can confirm that uh, the incident that happened in Rauten, Davidton, where 30 boys took uh, Kumbis to go to Danilton in Limpopo, Mpomalanga. And, uh, and then the parents reported the matter to the police, and the police went with the parents where the kids were. Upon arrival, the parents said these kids did not get our permission, therefore they were kidnapped, and they thought that the people who had kidnapped them would be arrested. It was the boys who said, no, sorry, we came here out of our willingness, and so we leave us, so there's nothing that we're not going home, we're staying in this school. Mm. But but, but with greater awareness, for example, um, there was this website that was put up by uh, Dr. Riken, and it actually very graphically shows uh, do not go onto that website if you know you have a poor constitution and because it actually shows what actually you know happens what some of these botched circumcisions look like and the doctor's account was that as he was walking through this initiation school he could actually smell <laughs> you know rotting flesh and he ultimately coaxed these young men into showing him. Um, and, of course, he helped them as a medical practitioner. But, you know, he took pictures of the horror that unfolded in front of him, and he put up a website. And amongst others, uh, Nkosi Ndevu, the House of uh, the Congress of Traditional Leaders, you castigated him. You vilified him for exposing this. But don't you think that if young people saw this, they would think twice about running away. I totally disagreed with those, uh, with that website. Is that it was, uh, you know, there's the, the supposed to be a proper way of doing that. If we would be, you know, working with that doctor, we then go to the young boys where they are in schools, etc., etc., and then you know, conduct some, you know, proper meetings and show these young boys what's going on when a young boy is going to a an under-deciding school and a boy and, and a, a fly-by-night uh, traditional service. That would then be a proper way of doing it. But now what we disagreed about with the website is that it was just, you know, public and, 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 and free for all that anyone can, 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 can view it which is now incorrect for us. But I you mean, didn't if, if do if anything doctor, about if that it. Doctor, if, if that doctor would have come to us and said, I've got these pictures, can we do something? Can, can we try to actually get these boys and show them that, that, that this is the consequence if you then go to an unofficial uh, traditional session? But Nkosin Devo, are you suggesting, therefore, that you were not aware of uh, these things that they were going on, that these were the horrors that were being perpetrated? Because you didn't have to wait for this doctor to come and expose this because you should have known. 
No, Shagina, as I have already, you know, explained to you that we are going, we, we are educating people. We are talking about this. We are talking about the dangers that happen in the initiations. We are talking about all these things. But as much as we talk, but these young stars, they, they disregard all that. They run to this, uh, to this slide by night. It's very difficult for anyone to handle this because, you know, these young boys themselves, they take themselves to these uh, flight by night. They, 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 you know, you are trying to avoid this, but the very people that you are trying to, to save, they are the very people who actually run to, to where you are trying to save themselves. Well, we're going to go to a news break. When we return, we'll continue talking about this. We'll take your calls, 0891-104-208. Lucanio S. Memela says chiefs should also organize workshops. um, uh, uh, But also he said earlier that, you know, this is not a subject uh, for women. Very sensitive topic. Initiation schools for uh, fatalities every season should be closed down, but leave the women out of this, please. And I want to talk about that. Why should the women be left out of it? We don't want to know what's going on, you know, um, the nitty gritties of it, but we are the mothers. These are our children who ultimately come out of there. So why should we be left out of it? Let's discuss that. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Talking a circumcision and botched circumcision this morning on the forum at eight. The lines are open. 0891-104-208 is the call-in number. You can SMS us on the number 34701. Tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. And uh, with that said, let's go to the lines because I see we have uh, many calls already. Um, Matsakane the second is calling us. Uh, good morning and thanks for calling in, Matsakane. A very good morning to you, Sakina. Welcome. Uh, well, I'm always calling from... Yes, thanks. I'm calling from Obanta. Greetings to everyone um, um, to your panel there. Thank you. Um, there's just um, a, a few points that I would like to make. First of all, just to acknowledge that there's uh, obviously some great work that's been done so far. Uh, but it does look like there's, uh, there are certain areas where we need to get more involved uh, with, uh, uh, with the initiation uh, process. Now, the three points that I would like to make is that, obviously, not all these um, initiation schools are under areas where uh, um, traditional leadership is, is in control. And so it will be difficult to control um, the, the process in other areas, such as Johannesburg, for instance. But... The point that I would like to raise is that I don't think that royal leadership or traditional leadership in this case um, has really had a finger on the path. Why am I saying so? Uh, is that traditional leadership, I think uh, we are short-circuiting the society in this case where we have to only react when somebody has done something and go say, I'm going the doctor, while um, there are certain par- parameters which need to be followed, but uh, I think it's an appropriate question to say what had we done, uh, because we know about um, some of the, uh, you know, the torturing and all that that is going on in, mm. the, in those schools. But even that, this is our, we are custodians of LCGO. We have not... Um, gone to an extent of saying, how do we review some of 
uh, the actual practices that are happening in there and even regulate them. In the case of Wabata, for instance, remember that in, in areas where the, 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 um, there's the control of um, traditional leadership, these initiation schools, they have to be given permission from um, the real residences before they can be installed. And that is at that point where you have to obviously table the rules and say, in this area, uh, such and such is not going to ha- it's not, it's not gonna happen. Or otherwise, you are not going to get the permission granted for, uh, for, for, uh, for that initiation um, um, school. And then, of course, the problem here arises, and I think uh, this is where government needs to help us. I have been involved in a case where we've had to close down an initiation school, an illegal initiation school. But the best, of course, it was not that because it also it, it, we can't wait until um, there's both circumcision or the death. The moment we know that there is an illegal initiation school, we need to go and close that. Mm. But those people that are actually uh, um, opening up um, those illegal initiation schools, they could not be arrested because um, in our law, um, the law enforcers, they, they were saying, uh, which is police in this case, uh, they were saying that, look, um, opening a an illegal initiation school on itself or in itself, it is not a punishable offense. Now, you've got a problem there because it then means that somebody can open an illegal school, but that person will not be arrested. Mm. And the only person who will be arrested is when there's been a, a case of kidnapping. Um, and I think it makes it difficult for um, traditional leadership to actually practice the control that they should be doing in areas where uh, those areas um, are under their control. And that is just uh, what I just wanted to make. But to say that we cannot always wait until... I'm, I'm a course they know, um, and they, it's not new to them. Whatever that's been exposed, um, they know it. And I think that the Marcos themselves will have to lead and actually review some of those practices mm. and so that Marcos, uh, they don't find themselves having to go there uh, to, be, to be subjected to such kind of um, ill treatment. Thank you so much. That was uh, Matikane the second Ingonyama Yamabata. So uh, we're going to take more calls. Kolani, uh, uh, good morning. Thank you, morning. You know, let me start by saying, you know, going to the mountains so is a personal choice that sometimes can be really disapproved by other men in a local community. It is not the age of a boy, how old are you to go to, to the circumcision school? You know, it's determined by the heart of a boy. The the issues I came as a man, you know, I know, you know, when I was in the mountain in 2006, uh, you know, I was with, I had a bush, you know, circumcision. But, you know, because once they find that they made a mistake, they, they put a team of men to look after me so that, you know, I can be healed very well. You know, women, Sakina, they are part of this. They know very well what is expected from them. Once the boy goes to the mountain, they put, they put a lady or two to look to cook for you. And the aftercare at the, what do you call it, at the, at the initial school, Sakina, it makes one, once you are here, you won't even want to go back to the community because you've been looked after, you've been taking care, you know, and therefore now, those who are practicing these things, Sakina, we must have the law that is tough, Sakina. It, during the World Cup, when one was found robbing a tourist, tourist, tourist they immediately put it behind the bars and get sentenced, you know. 
the parliament should make the law to say once something like this happens, these are the consequences. Lastly, Sakina, this is another thing that I want to say. Where I come from, I come from the small town called Jamestown. In Jamestown, Sakina, we grew up knowing there was this one old man who was doing circumcision, you know. Once that old man passed away, his son took over. Not every man, you know, can be in maybe Sakina. Only few people can be in maybe in a town, you see. That's the only thing that I can say, Sakina. If it's not laws, if you don't have a law that would be harsh to people who are doing these things, Sakina, I think really we will still in the next day talk about that about these things, Sakina. You can't force a boy to go to the mountain. Not a real man can do that, even me as a man. I can't force my son to go to the mountain. But I can look at him as he grow up, whether now he's ready for that. But if he's not ready, still, you know, it's his choice. But as time goes out, always sit down with me and say, this son, I want you to go to mountain because of one, two, three. But I will never force it because I know the pain, you know, in the mountain. That one has to be really ready to go there because if you are not ready, you are forced to go there. You run away, Sakina. Okay. Thanks, Thanks Sakina. so much, uh, Tolani. But then um, you say uh, the heart of a boy determines when he can go. So at 10, do you think he will be able to withstand uh, the rigors of what that process entails? We'll talk about that. Mkululego in Durban, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. It's Mkulego in Durban. Um, well, first things first, maybe one should offer condolences to the families of the young boys that have passed on. Um, whatever the circumstances may have been. But secondly, I think we need to take a proactive stance, really, whether it's government, parliament, and society, and traditional leaders in general, to say, let us put in place a national framework which is going to guide what is going on. Because we cannot every year be reacting to um, these fatalities. We must at some point arrive at making sure that systems are in place. And it cannot be that people cannot be charged um, when there's a loss of life. Strong action must be taken. And so I'm calling upon the Department of Cocktail, and I'm going to be lobbying the Portfolio Committee as well in Cape Town Parliament to say, let us have a national indaba on this matter, bring all the relevant stakeholders, and have a heart-to-heart talk about it and arrive at a national framework which is going to be able to guide. Because every year we are going through the same thing over and over again and lives are being lost. So it means that something is not right in the system. And we cannot lament about it, but we need to actually stand up and be counted in this time of crisis. Because we cannot have a situation where culture and traditions is breeding loss of life. That's not, that's not it. A right of passage should not be a right to death. It should be a right to life and progress and, 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 and so on. So really there does need to be a paradigm shift in the manner in which we are doing things. And I think that we need to take responsibility if we are serious about preserving the cultures and traditions in this country. But it cannot just be about lamentation every year and whilst lives are being lost. So I think that is the route we need to take down about this and whatever rules regulations are in place look at them review and ensure that there's enforcement and people are held accountable prison sentences are being meted out so that those that are in the wrong can be punished mm. No, uh, thanks, Mkulego, but it, it, it still begs the question, and what is the role of the community, of society in all of this before we even get to that point uh, where arrests need to be affected? But I do take the point. Thank you. Dr. Hrudbom in Durban, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Welcome. <clears throat> yeah, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to speak. Look, I, um, I'm 
I'm phoning both as a medical practitioner and also as as as, as a parent, and 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 uh, and also as a closer man who's gone through this exercise. I'm particularly perturbed to hear that when <clears throat> we've been told that children as as young as 10 years old are abducted and put into so-called circumcision schools. The concern I have is that the Minister of, of, of Traditional Affairs and the government of this country and the whole institution of traditional leaders are failing the people under their control. Why am I saying that? Is that you, you, clearly from what you've heard from this morning, the whole of this week, for the last 10 years, that there are people who take, who go and open so-called circumcision schools. And then we end up discussing every year around July and December about botched circumcisions. Why do we end up in this thing? Because from the very word go that the whole exercise is, has, has, has actually been misinterpreted uh, to, to say that anybody can open a circumcision school and circumcise children. This is a tradition that, yes, is under the control of the traditional leaders in the areas where <clears throat> they control. Yes, it's a tradition which is under the guidance of the family and the community where it is practiced. But tied to all that, there, ha there is a long-standing tradition where people are trained how firstly to circumcise the surgeons and firstly how to nurse the, <clears throat> the initiates in the bush, and, and, and thirdly, what diet what kind of treatment they've got to get in, in that area. Mm. The controlled process has been practiced for centuries. Now, if in, in, in 2015 you're telling me that they are bought circumcision, it means that people are not following the rules. Mm -hmm. Then that seems pretty clear. Siswe, Etegwini, good morning. Morning, Sakina. Look, while I agree that we need to strengthen the law, I think I think it's for me the issue is like the, it's like the fight against HIV/AIDS, Sakina. The government will invest millions and millions of friends in the fight against the epidemic, but the issue is about an individual behavior. It's an individual choice. I think the issue goes back to the people who send their their, their, their children to the school. Are you sure that the school is legit? Are you sure that the ingredient is qualified to perform a, faith, a, 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 a circumcision before you, you send your child to, to, to the school? I mean, for me, you can argue all day. Police can do what they have to do. The law can be strengthened. But again, it's a matter of society making decisions and making sure that as FMA, I will never send my child to a school where I'm not sure that the, 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 the injury is, 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 is trained and I will not send my child to a school where they have been reported deaths. Why? But every, yeah, people still do send their kids to this school. So I think we can know all we like, but I think it's a matter of the family responsibility and the individual decisions. And another matter, Sakina, look, I think it also speaks to the death of, this, of the activism of the political youth formation. 
Young people are dying day in and day out. But we've never heard of the so-called ANC Youth League, the TA Youth, the UTM, all these guys who are, who are, who, are, who make lots of noise about the NPA, about the cancer, about all lots of matters. When it matters most, where their constituency is dying, where it's HIV, AIDS, and it's post-circumcision, where is the voice of the youth political leaders? Ah, oh, thank you so much, Siswe uh, Etegwini. Joseph in Bethlehem. I um I just have two points. Um, first of all, you don't want to whilst you don't want to question age long tradition, but then you also want to question the importance of this tradition because uh, this is 2015, and you find that um, even in the registered um, t- traditional schools, you still find a lot of um, things going on. A lot of bots that conversations still go on. Even in the normal, usually registered schools, you still find a lot of beatings and assaults and all physical things going on in, in those schools. So you want to really question the importance of, of these schools. And you find that some of those kids who, who, who happen to have gone to, because the importance of this school is to make you, is to turn you into a man. But you find that why do Taravika have the highest rate of crime, physical um, abuse, um, 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 absentee, ab, absent, fa, absenteeism of fathers in, in the country. And these people have gone to circumcision schools. And you find that when you become a circumcision school, you're supposed to come back and be a man. Being a man is, is for you to come back and, um, 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 taking responsibility for your actions. But you find that people have gone to circumcision schools and they still come back and they still commit crime. They still come back and impregnate people and they don't take responsibility for their, for their kids. And you find that they say, they, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man, because I've been to circumcision school, I've been to tradition. But they come back and they don't take responsibility for their actions. I am a doctor, I've worked in a lot of hospitals. You find pregnant women who are admitted in hospital for three, four days. You find kids who are admitted in the hospital for a lot of days, but you don't find their fathers. You don't find their men who are who, the people who integrated these women. You don't find the fathers of these kids in this hospital to come and visit these people. And this is what being a man is, taking responsibility for your actions. Finally, Sekina. The, the, there's, a, there's a report which has come back and says that early circumcision actually prevents HIV and STIs. If you find countries who actually circumcise children, you'll find that they have a very, very low rate of HIV. But when you delay circumcision, you find that these people would have been sexually involved and then they would have been infected with HIV and other STIs. So I think it's our high times um, South Africa considers circumcising children as a, as early as possible so that before they get sexually exposed, they would have been circumcised and then this thing of HIV would be drastically reduced. All right. Uh, that's uh, Joseph in Bethlehem. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. We're talking about botched circumcisions this morning. And uh, just to wrap it up now with our guest, um, uh, let me start with uh, our doctor, uh, Dr. Amir Zarabi first. You know, uh, so the transplant has given lots of hope to many young men out there. But, you know, what are some of the complications? Because I, I can only imagine that it would be difficult to actually find donors for these transplants. Yes, it's, um, it is difficult to find donors. We um, waited for more than a year and a half before we found one single donor. Um, but that's not the only problem. This transplant also puts quite a, a heavy burden on um, health economics. The patients need to be on lifelong uh, immune suppression drugs. 
And apart from the cost implications of this, it also has um, health implications on the long term. So this is certainly not a, a, a easy fix for um, this massive problem. And I think our approach, as many of the callers have said, is has been too reactive um, up until now. Every year we moan and groan about all the deaths, but it is time that something significant changes in order for us to get ahead of this problem. And then here's a question from Twitter, um, Deputy Minister. African Bison says, how come most of these deaths are in the Eastern Cape, um, uh, Limpopo, um, Pumalanga, Free State? Uh, they don't have these issues, yet initiations do take place there as well. Well, the Eastern Cape uh, is an unfortunate area, particularly the Mpondo area, because they used not to practice. Uh, Kim Fagu stopped it some thousands of years ago. But because of the stigma in which they find themselves in as Amambondo, then the children peer pressure is arising. And then as a result, now they've started practicing it, but the knowledge is no longer there. So they need, that's the error that we need to fix and then ensure, therefore, that we work with traditional leaders really to stamp out illegals and then ensure that the families also know where to take their kids and bring order in that once we can arrest Amambondo area, we think the Eastern Cape will reduce but there are still incidences in a few other areas in the Eastern Cape. Uh, that's the big area and is a big challenge. Mm. Yeah. Okay, KZN, what happens there? Well, in KZN, King Zolitini of the Zulus had decided that all must go to hospital. So therefore, they no longer have a problem on that particular issue of circumcision. And, and, and kids go to hospitals. And then if those who want to go initiation after hospital... Then, then the initiation then does the cultural and traditional aspects of it without circumcision involved in it. It's a matter that we're discussing with the traditional leaders to say, can we look at modernity? Can we look at that as an option? But secondly, we're also engaging them on the medical male circumcision as a tool, uh, not an assegai as is the case currently, which is leading to some of these botched operations. Mm-hmm. And then we hope, therefore, that this engagement with them will come. But illegal schools, definitely a law is coming and will definitely criminalize all the illegal schools so that we could then bring order uh, in the environment. Uh, let me just conclude by saying uh, 2013 winter and summer, it was 131 deaths. 2014 winter and summer was 68 deaths. Uh, today, just winter alone is 22 deaths. We are trying our best working with those traditional leaders who are doing things the correct way, wherever it's happening. But we still have challenges in society. We have listened to your voice. We will definitely do something. Nkosindevu, as um, 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 Matikane the second was saying, uh, clearly there's a lot more that needs to be done. Yeah, no, Sabina, that is true. There is a lot more that we need to do as traditional leaders, as well as our communities and our societies. So I think, uh, above all, we need to strengthen the family, uh, you know, family systems where families have to take responsibility, but as well as the community. There must be no man in the community where he's sleeping, a, 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 you know, a, a good sleep while there are boys on the mountain or there are boys in the bush. All men in the village must make sure that they take responsibility if there are boys that have gone to initiation schools. All men in the particular village must make sure that they become part of ensuring that they save the lives of the boys that are in the in the, in the, in the, in the institution school. It must be a responsibility of all in the village, including everybody else, like your men, your traditional leaders. Everybody in the society must stand up and make sure that 
they save lives of those uh, young boys that are in the initiation school. Well, and I think that's a good note on which to leave it. Um, as KB says here, there's no culture worth dying for. There's no culture worth losing your manhood for. And I think that that's where we're going to leave it. Thanks to our guest this morning, um, Deputy Minister of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs, Mr. Obed Bapela, Dr. Amir Zarabi, and also Nkosi uh, Kolile Ndevu. Thanks, and we'll be back tomorrow.